This podcast is brought to you by Aetna. Learn how Aetna is working to build a healthier world by visiting aetnastory.com. Hi, it's Doro, and I'm so excited to announce that the Achieving Optimal Health Conference is just around the corner on October 26th at Georgetown University. For our Health Gig listeners, we have a special offer. If you sign up by September 20th, you'll get $50 off your ticket. Just go to AchievingOptimalHealthConference.com and use the code HEALTHGIG. Get ready to create a happier and healthier life story. People are yearning for information. Having the opportunity to encourage people and to educate people and inspire people. It's amazing to be able to say we'll carve out time to take care of ourselves. There's something for everyone. Welcome to the BBNR Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Riley Cook. And I'm your host, Dora Bush Cook. Thank you for listening. We are so excited that we get to do this podcast and help people learn how to take better care of themselves by interviewing thought leaders and experts in health and wellness about their personal health journeys. So we are here today with AJ Jacobs, a dear friend of Trisha's and mine. Um, he's one of our esteemed alumni speakers from the Achieving Optimal Health Conference. He is also a serial celebration of reader speaker. And um, we're just so delighted, AJ, that you're here with us. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. This is an honor. <laughs> well, before we begin, um, I think you know, AJ, that we're a company that inspires and educates people how to better take care of themselves and those they love, mind, body, and spirit. And so you have written three books that you say are your mind, body, spirit, self-improvement trinity, um, The Know-It-All, The Year of Living Biblically, and Drop Dead Healthy. So we're going to talk about your um, self improvement trinity because that's something um, our speakers will want to hear but before we go there we just want you to tell us a little bit about yourself and where you grew up and that kind of thing sure well i realize now that hearing that i could have saved a lot of time and energy just going to you guys because you would help with my mind, body, and spirit. That's true. Instead of having to write these books. So uh, big mistake there next time. Uh, but I grew up in New York City, and uh, I have uh, I graduated with no skills whatsoever from college. So uh, I decided I could sort of write a sentence, and I've been writing ever since. Uh, and, and I specialize in writing these, as you say, uh, these sort of radical self-improvement projects where I try to improve myself because I need a lot of improvement. Uh, I'm a fixer-upper. So uh, so that's been my life for the last 20 years. You know, it's your your writings, your books, again, they're hysterical. They're, they're laugh-out-loud funny. But the idea that you're an Thank experiential you. writer, right? You experience things and then you write them, that seems to be kind of your niche, that is true, yes, because my real life is quite boring, so I can't <laughs> write about, you know, my dad was not uh, was not a spy or was not president of the United States, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I don't have a very interesting life. 
But uh, I, I like to put myself in very interesting situations. That way I can write about them. And, and what inspired you to do that? I mean, as a child, did you do that? Because what we read, you're pretty, like you said, an ordinary life, right? So, so what happened? Right. How did you do this? How did you turn into a well, citizen scientist? <laughs> I would say I like that phrase. Thank you. I, we just uh, thought we would throw that out there. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for that. I would say that uh, one of my, um, you know, I have a lot of flaws, but one of my great strengths is that I, I have an insatiable curiosity. I am, uh, I once interviewed Alex Trebek from Jeopardy, mm. and I loved his phrase. He said, I'm curious about every topic under the world, even those topics that bore me silly. So <laughs> I love that too, because I, even the most boring topics like accounting, once you dip your toe in, it actually has some fascinating aspects to it. I assume. I actually haven't tried accounting. But, uh, <laughs> but every, every other topic, once you dip your toe in, you, be, you can become, find fascinating parts about how the human mind works and how we can make our lives better. And, you know, often that, that's so true. And often you hear people say the way they stay young is by staying curious, right? The idea of keep asking why everything's new to them. It's, it's a great tool right. to apply to staying staying. I youthful. love that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Thank it's you, totally <laughs> a mindset. It is. It's a total mindset. So I think that's a good lead-in to, mm-hmm. um, to the know-it-all, the book um, where you read, and I'm not sure why you did this, <laughs> but you read the encyclopedia <laughs> from A to Z, which I'm assuming is the mind part of the mind-body-spirit improvement <laughs> trinity that you took, took on. So That is true. Should we start with why the heck did you do that? <laughs> Well, that one came about, I actually got that idea from my dad, because he loves reading and learning. But he, uh, so he decided to learn everything in the world. And when I was a kid, he started to read the encyclopedia, but he only made it up to the middle of the bees around Bolivia, I think. So I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to follow in the family tradition and try to remove that black mark from our family history? So I did. I read from A to Z. And it was a wild experience. I mean, in some ways, it was great. Uh, I I do feel bad for my wife because she had to start penalizing me $1 for every irrelevant fact I inserted into conversation. So uh, I was a little bit, uh, it was like Cliff Clavin, if you remember that character from Cheers. How long did it take you? It took me about a year and a half, and I was reading, you know, six or seven hours a day. I'd read in the subway, uh, you know, in the uh, on the treadmill, in the bathroom, you name it. <laughs> How much money did your wife collect from you? dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It went towards the college fund for the kids. So That's yeah, good. it was a good. It was a good strategy from her. Very good. What was the most interesting thing you learned, um, if it's even possible to narrow it down to one thing from the encyclopedia? But or what are a couple of the most interesting things? Well, one thing is actually it really helped my mindset in that it made me much more grateful because I was reading about all of human history and you realize we've got a lot of problems today, and uh, especially you know in the last few months, this has really hit me. But look at the long view. I mean, we have really 
come such a long way. Lifespan has tripled. Uh, whenever I feel down, I often remind myself of these three words, surgery without anesthesia. Yeah. Like you read about that and you're like, my God, we live in a much in the best time possible. Uh, and even since the, you guys uh, are experts on health, I don't think you do this, but it was a very, I read about a very popular cure in the 1800s called the tobacco enema. Oh, and this uh. was where, have you heard of it? No. Doctor. Well, I won't go into too much detail, but the idea is that if you had something wrong with your body, your stomach, the, the one prescription was to literally blow smoke up your butt. That was where the phrase comes from. Doctors would attach a hose and they would blow smoke up your butt. And I'm like, you know, thank God for modern medicine. There are, we have made progress. Oh, we can be grateful. I agree. Exactly. Um, what was number three? So we have surgery, we have the cure. And was there a third one? Uh, well, there was, uh, I mean, Sticking with the health theme, I thought this was interesting. The Bayer Aspirin Company invented a cure. It was a, like a, a cough suppressant in 1898. Uh, I, I'm not, do you know what it was called? It turned out to be pretty well known. It was called heroin. Oh, the no. Bayer Aspirin Company invented heroin as a cough suppressant. It turned out to have some other qualities. So, uh, <laughs> It had some unexpected uh, consequences. So, I mean, that taught me just, you know, it's hard to predict where things go. Uh, usually, luckily, as I say, we've gotten better and things have gone right. But, uh, but sometimes you can't predict. Wow. What was the absolute most alarming thing? Although what, That's you've, pretty alarming. Uh, what you've spoken about <laughs> is already pretty alarming. <laughs> That is a good question. Uh, alarming. Well, I guess reading about things like the super volcano that is underneath Wyoming and uh, erupts something like every 500 million years, and it's been about 490 million years. So uh, hopefully we can figure out how to cork it in the next 10 million years before it blows up because then, you know, it basically covers the entire world with ash. Wow. Oh my. So, so AJ, when you're reading, are you taking notes or how do you remember these things or how does your brain work? Well, first of all, I have forgotten 99.9%. So I don't remember, but I would say, yes, I take copious notes. And, uh, and again, much to my wife's uh, chagrin, <laughs> if you work your knowledge into conversation, right. you actually remember things better. So when you're reading, I always try to talk about what I'm reading and, uh, and hopefully make it interesting, not only successful, but, uh, but use your knowledge, get it out there. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, and then people begin to call you a know-it-all, <laughs> that <laughs> but that's okay. Right. Well, I, because then they'll buy your I book. Tried. <laughs> there you go. That's the title. I try uh, to give it a positive connotation. Mm-hmm. How do you, um, just on a day-to-day -day basis, keep your mind healthy? That's a good question. Well, one exercise I do, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of people who compare, say that the brain is like a muscle. 
And I think it's a pretty good metaphor scientifically uh, because the more you do exercise your brain, the stronger it gets. So I do, I don't, I don't go to a gym for the brain, but I do spend 15 minutes a day every day. I try to just brainstorm ideas, mm. just turn everything off, no computer, no iPhone, and come up with random ideas for anything, for articles, for books, for vacations, for, uh, for you know, uh, activities I can do with my kids. And, uh, and I find it's very helpful because the more you use your brain, the more you're able to carve these new pathways in your right. neurons. And uh, so I, I highly recommend sort of a 15-minute workout. And I will say the other thing is, you know, it's a, it's a quantity game. So 90% of my ideas, maybe 99, are terrible. And I, um, I acknowledge that. And I'm fine with that because you've got to do lots of terrible ideas to get to the one or two good ones. Exactly. Exactly. And you touch on that really interesting new science. You're right that as that the brain is flexible, right? And as you said, it is fat. We can create new neuropathways. Um, right. Yeah. Which Neuroplasticity, is, they mm-hmm. call right, it. Uh, right. And I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. It's very, I mean, it's very inspiring and uplifting because when people tell you, oh, you know, you're uh, an old dog can't learn new tricks. That's not true. And also that intelligence, you know, you're born with a certain intelligence and that's what you're stuck with. Not necessarily true. You can do things to improve. The next part of the improvement trinity is the year of living biblically when you decided to live all the rules in the Bible. And so what was that like? <laughs> well, that was, it was wonderful in some parts and absolutely horrible in others, uh, <laughs> because I was trying to follow them all. So I was doing, you know, the Ten Commandments and the love your neighbor, but also those ones in the Old Testament, like it says you cannot shave the corners of your beard. I didn't know where the corners were, so I just had this huge topiary hanging from my chin and I looked like Ted Kaczynski and I spent a lot of time at airport security uh and so you know there were there are a lot of rules in the bible that are hard to follow in modern day America like stoning adulterers that doesn't go over so well so uh I had some challenges I used I did stone an adulterer I used pebbles that's how I got around it but how did you a, find a an adulterer <laughs> What's that? How did you find an adulterer? Oh, well, I'll tell you quickly. I was in Central Park. It was the middle of the year. So I was really getting into it. So I had on this robe, white robe and sandals and my beard. And this man came up to me and said, why are you dressed like that? And I explained, I'm trying to follow all the rules of the Bible, the Ten Commandments, stoning adulterers. He says, well, I'm an adulterer. Are you going to stone me? And I said, well, that would be fantastic. That is such a, a lovely offer. And I took out a handful of stones that I had been carrying around in my pocket because I've been hoping to run into an adult. And they, as I said, they were small. They were like pebble size. And I showed them to him. He was very aggressive. He grabbed the stones out of my hand and threw them at me. So I thought, an eye for an eye, I can toss one back at him. So that was how I checked it off the list. You know, after the year, I, I put away the stones and I shaved the beard. Uh, but there were actually quite dozens of things that I have kept 
that that have changed my life for the better. So it's it's interesting, you know, that the that there are wonderful things from that experience, and then things that are better left. What, what uh, left? Yeah, in the in the Bible. But um, tell us some of the things that you've kept with you. Yeah, sure. Well, just uh, to echo back to the one from earlier, gratitude was also a big theme in the Bible because it says to be grateful for everything. So I would. I would uh, be grateful. I'd press the elevator button, and I'd be grateful it came. I'd be, I'd get in the elevator and be grateful that it didn't plummet to the basement. And it was a weird way to live, but it was also it was wonderful because you realize there are hundreds, thousands of things that go right every day that we totally take for granted, and that we focus on the three or four that go wrong. So that was a, a big one for me. Um, I mean, others. It was a huge challenge because the Bible says not to lie or covet or gossip. And I am a journalist who lives in New York City. So that's like 80% of my day. Uh, so I was never able to get rid of all of those. But I have, I do think that I made progress. And I do I do think, for instance, I gossip less. And I, and it makes me happier. It's sort of a selfish, you, got, you know, how altruism can sometimes be selfish. I feel better when I gossip less. Uh, So that was a nice lesson. This podcast today has been brought to you by Ignite Coffee. We developed a proprietary mixture of specialty-grade coffee beans, an amazing blend of anti-inflammatory spices, including turmeric, cardamom, cinnamon, mache, and anche chiles, so you can do more than just wake up in the morning. Order Ignite Coffee at www.bbrconsulting.us. Enjoy your coffee and ignite your life. What is your religious background? Just before, I'm just curious. Oh, sure. I grew up in with no religion at all. As I say in the book, I'm I'm Jewish in the same way the Olive Garden is Italian. Uh, <laughs> no offense to the Olive Garden, yeah. but I, I that was part of the motivation. I wanted to dive in and and see what I could learn about religion from the inside out. And I did have this board of spiritual advisors. So I had rabbis and ministers, priests and scholars and and atheists and everyone under the sun uh, interpreting the Bible in their way. And I would uh, I would uh, I would write about and study with them. So so in that year, did you always dress like the way you dressed in the book on the book cover (laughs) or did you dress normally? Uh, And when you went out, you put this on. (laughs) I did well. Yes, I didn't always have the robe and sandals, but yeah. I will say there are several uh, wardrobe rules in the Old Testament that I had to follow. Uh, in Ecclesiastes, it says that your clothes should always be white. So even if I wasn't in the robe, I wore white pants and a white shirt. And here's a weird thing: it actually affected my mood. Uh, I felt a little lighter, a little happier wearing all white because I don't know why it was I sort of felt, how can I be in a bad mood if I look like I'm about to play Wimbledon or go to P. Diddy's party? And and it was actually it's a very profound lesson in many of my experiments, how much the outer affects the inner, how much your behavior affects your mind. So if you act as if you're compassionate or act as if you're happy, your mind eventually catches up. It's it's really the whole idea of uh, uh, fake it till you make it is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great quote from the 
founder of Habitat for Humanity, it's easier to act your way into a new way of thinking than to think your way into a new way of acting. And that really hit home with me. Mm, can you repeat that? It's easier to act easier your- to act your way mm-hmm. into a new way of thinking than to think your way into a new way of acting. Mm-hmm. So basically what cognitive behavioral therapy talks about that you have, even if you're not feeling it, if you're if you're not feeling optimistic, act as if you're optimistic. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I remember writing my health book and I would wake up feeling just demoralized because it's such a huge topic, mm-hmm. as you guys know. Huge. Uh, <laughs> and, huge. So, but I would act as if I were confident. You know, I'd call the publisher and say, oh, when the book is released, we should have a big party and serve kale martinis. <laughs> and, that, and, the, and my sort of that fake confidence eventually caught up with me a couple hours later. And, uh, and I felt better. I mean, even doing an interview like this is good for me because I, you know, I spent the morning alone writing and, you know, when you're alone, you have self-doubt. But right. then when I talk to you guys and it's such a delightful conversation, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'm a, I, uh, I guess I do have something to add to the world and my mind catches up. That whole idea of self-doubt or self-sabotage, how do you deal with that? How how do you oh, deal it, with that? It is so hard, um, and really, my my favorite strategy is just getting out there and uh, and acting as if. And and I also think that that being alone is good sometimes, uh, but I think that it, social networks are just so important. Yeah. And there's lots of research on how people who uh, have strong social networks actually live longer. People who go to church regularly uh, live longer. And maybe it's because God hates people who don't go to church. <laughs> I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think that's the case, but maybe. But uh, but scientists think it's really because they've got this strong social network. And when right. things go go bad, as they inevitably do, you've got this this group. So let's move into the um, body part of the mind, body, spirit, and talk about the book you just referred to, Drop Dead Healthy, which you actually wrote on a treadmill desk. That is true. <laughs> I, uh, it took me about 2,000 miles. I think I walked about from New York to Houston to, uh, oh. to make it uh, in, the, in the bush uh, yeah, lexicon, lexicon. Um, so, so, do, do you still stay on your treadmill desk much, or is that one that kind of you're I not doing do. so much? Nope. Yeah. I was on it yesterday. I would be on it now, but I don't want to breathe yeah, heavily and yeah. alarm the, <laughs> alarm your listeners. Um, That's... you describe yourself as skinny fat. Um, what does that mean? Right. Well, that was my body type, uh, and it, it I basically looked like a snake that had swallowed a goat. It was not a good look. So just a real big tummy, and it's, it's particularly unhealthy, apparently. That stomach fat is, is kind of the worst, the one right around the abdomen. Can you tell us uh, why? Can you tell us why? Because I think the listeners will find that interesting. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. So okay, yeah, my, see what you um, yeah. And if not, that's okay. (laughs) But but it had to do with the type of fat that it was. It was, um, do you remember the distinction? It was visceral uh, fat, right? So it's the fat. What's that? 
visceral fat? It's that yeah, fat. Yeah, exactly. Visceral fat. And it was, uh, so that is as opposed to fat that's, I guess, uh, just under the skin. Right. And, uh, and yeah, that is, that is linked with, with heart problems more and, uh, and lower lifespan. So, well, you actually, that was an interesting, uh, lesson, you know, all these, um, Dr. Oz, uh, folks who try to say, here's an exercise that targets your stomach or here's an exercise that targets your butt. That does not work. You cannot target a, uh, body part. You just have to try to be healthy overall and exercise overall, and then your abdominal fat will go down. Right. But I, I do, I would warn listeners to be wary if someone says, oh, this is the perfect one to get the perfect abs or the perfect butt. Uh, just realize that uh, there's not much science behind that. Mm-hmm. So, um AJ, we often talk about bio-individualities. What works for you may not work for me, but may work for Trisha or, you know. And so did that resonate with you as you tried all these health fads? That is such a great point, and absolutely. And one of my favorite books on health and diet is uh, was a book with just that thesis uh, that there is no one perfect diet that people uh, respond differently to different diets. Um, and I will say that's why I try not to get too obsessed with saying to people, Oh, you've got to eat quinoa or you've got to eat, you know, this particular non GMO asparagus. Mm -hmm. I, I think that the, taking the, the bigger 30,000 foot view and just eating like Michael Pollan, the writer says, eat real food mm-hmm. and not too much of it. And the one thing that everyone can agree on, there's lots of, as you say, bio-individuality, bio, mm-hmm. but it, you would be very hard pressed to find a human who uh, would benefit from eating a lot of processed carbs. Right. So that stay away from the sugar the sugar really is the worst and the processed carbs but once you get past that just eating the real food is the key and it could be i'm a vegetarian so i eat almost all vegetables but uh but i think you know you can have a low a low carb diet that is healthy uh just um that don't eat a lot of the processed carbs right Mm. right as, as you said, Michael Pollan says, eat real food. Just eat real food. Well, yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go ahead. Uh, what the heuristic I like to use is uh, someone once told me, don't eat out of the pantry, eat out of the fridge. Because the fridge is where real food, good food, mm-hmm. rots. Right, right. And And food that's artificial and like, you know, that has a long shelf life so eat out of the fridge every time i'm tempted to go to the cupboard i i try to steer myself back to the fridge very good yeah what were some of the weirder things you tried oh well there were plenty of those i mean there was (laughs) there's a movement called um the, the group of people who believe that we are a nation of under chewers. We do not chew our food <laughs> enough. And their movement is called Chudaism. And they 
They take it to the extreme. So they say you should chew like 80 or 90 times per mouthful. And I tried that, and it is very hard because it takes like a day and a half to eat a sandwich. <laughs> uh, so I don't recommend it. But you know what? If you uh, if you take away all of their excess, it's actually pretty good advice because mm-hmm. when you chew food, you eat more slowly. And the more slowly you eat, the better because as you guys I'm sure know, it takes 20 minutes for the message to get from the stomach to the brain, the message that says, I'm full. So if you eat more slowly, you will actually eat less, which of course is a is a good thing. So yeah, I am not an Orthodox Judaism member, <laughs> but I do I do like a little bit of the Judaism. So that was just one of the many strange ones. Uh, I mean, I've there was a long one. There was I, I have a chapter that I am happy to skip over because you may not want it on your podcast. But about how to go to the bathroom in a healthy way, and there's oh, some very strong. What's that? That is really interesting because people don't know and you don't talk about that, and that is an interesting, yeah, important discussion. So yeah, just let us know if you've. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll keep it pretty clean. But the basic idea is that we were not built to sit. We were built to squat. And that's how we did it on the plains of Africa for hundreds of thousands of years. So um, now there is uh, on like Shark Tank, there's the the squatty potty where it's a little... A little stool, and that's actually good. That I I use sort of a an ad hoc squatty potty. When I was doing the when I was doing the health book, I actually took it a little further, and that's when things got in trouble with my wife because you can actually <laughs> buy this device that you put over the toilet, and it's uh, like a platform with a hole in it, and it turns your your first world toilet into like a developing nation's <laughs> toilet. So it's like you're going in in uh, India. And my wife was like, all right, that's enough. Get that out of there. Uh, but overall, yes, I, I am a fan of the squatty potty concept. And that, again, is because it helps you not um, have hemorrhoids and that sort of thing, right? That's right. I mean, it's it's faster. It's less it's less strain on the uh, the body parts down there and, right. and saves you from hemorrhoids. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. A good one. It's a very good one. So, <laughs> so, you know what? I have kept that. It did change my life yeah. in a big way. I mean, I use it every day. Yeah. It's, it, we actually, Dora and I both have one too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> there you go. It does. It makes a big difference. Um, it so, does make a difference, right? So I read, um, that you talk about, um, with regard to health, a vicious cycle versus a virtuous cycle. Can you, do you remember that? I do. I do. I'm trying to call it. is funny. I talk in the, um, encyclopedia book about the Ebbinghaus curve, which is the curve of forgetting how, how, uh, how, how we forget information over time. So uh, it is a little bit on that curve, but I do remember (laughs) The key to me is, yeah, you can, the vicious cycle is just so pernicious because it's, you know, you're sitting and the the more you sit and don't do exercise and don't motivate, the, the more depressed you get and the more depressed you get, the less likely you are to get up 
and do something to take care of yourself. So that's the vicious cycle. And luckily, there is also the virtuous cycle, which is that if you can just motivate yourself to that first step, once you get on uh, you know, a treadmill, even just walking a little, it stimulates the uh, serotonin in your brain and gets you alert and gets you um, more optimistic and confident. And that allows you to do more and more. And then the more you do, the better mood you're in and the more likely you're going to continue. So it is really... Uh, that's why that first step is so important and why I spent so much time on, on motivational techniques, uh, which I think are almost as important as the actual health advice, you know, because we all know the basic health advice, eat good food, exercise a little as right. much as you can and get sleep. But how do you motivate right. yourself to you know, do those things? So that's why I spent a lot of the book on those techniques. Mm-hmm. That's that's such a good point and, and really valued. You're right. How do you get motivated? How do you stay motivated when it gets cold outside? You know, right. how do you do it? And I do. I mean, I have some tricks that still work for me. Ooh. One is this idea um, of treating, of thinking about your future self almost like a different person, like and trying to remember to be kind to your future self like you would to a friend and because your future self wants to be around. So I, um, I actually took this to the extreme since that's sort of my job. So I, I went on one of these apps that will digitally age your face. So, you know, I was about 45 when I did this and I digitally aged it till I was like 85 and uh, the gray hair and the wrinkles and all that. And I printed that out and put it over my desk and I would look up every once wow. in a while and it'd be like, what would that older AJ want me to do? He would want me to, you know, uh, he wants to be around to see his kids get married and uh, and have kids. And so I'm going to try to think of him and, and not eat that third bag of Ooh, Cheetos. That's, uh, that's good really good. It is very, and you don't need to print it out, but just try to remind yourself of, of your future self. Mm -hmm. And there are studies to back this up, that people act in healthier ways when they are when they think about their future self. So oh. it's not just my own crazy idea. Right, it's right, a, right. Uh, backed by science. That's, that's, I'm definitely going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, AJ, thank you so thank much you. for taking the time to be with us. We're so oh, my grateful pleasure. to you. And thank you for all you're doing and what your wonderful company that's making uh, people happier and healthier and the world better. So thank you. Thank you, AJ. Thanks, AJ. Have a good holiday and hopefully we'll, our paths will cross soon. I would love that. Absolutely. Okay. Take care. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us on Health Gig. We loved having you with us. We hope you'll tune in again next week. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on healthgigpod.com. I'm Trisha. And I'm Doro. Be well.